Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to another episode of Two Shot Tuesday. We're very pleased to welcome back our resident expert in all things Friday the 13th. It's Brian Edwards back to discuss parts four and six. This is very specific. We're going to get into all the specifics. And of course, Jason Riley along for the ride once again. Brian, welcome back, buddy. Uh, I love Jason. I love Friday the 13th. And uh, not to be uh, hyperbolic, but uh, one of these movies is maybe uh, a perfect movie. Uh, just yeah. that. I know which one I'm going to guess. But, uh, <laughs> of watching the two of them again, and both were beloved by me as a yes. youngster. And mm-hmm. now I think one's beloved by me, but I do. I yeah. did enjoy them. But one of them I quite loved. One kind of aged like, um, oh, I don't know, like a tomato. <laughs> nice. The other this... one aged more like a wine. Like that's, a wine. That's, but we, we'll get into all that. But let's have our first shot of the evening. Let's wet our whistles yeah. and then dive in because we've got a lot of ground to cover today. All right. For shot number one, in honor of Friday the 13th, the first one we're going to do in honor of Friday the 13th, part four, I think four. we'll do all for right. the first shot. And so I've got classic Jameson because it's a classic right. horror movie. I've got uh, an old favorite of yours, I think, uh, Jameson Cold Brew. Yes. Nice. Man, that's rare to, to come across that. I still it's got my bottle. <laughs> oh, beautiful, beautiful. I got two Lamore Dew on this end. Nice. Cheers, fellas. Cheers. Goes down like a machete to the throat. <laughs> All right. You know, speaking, speaking of, of which, let's get yeah. into the first of our two movies, Friday the 13th, part four. All right. Am I going to guess, Barry, is that the one that aged like a tomato to you? It kind of did. And uh, Jay, your line of the night was simply this. There's not enough murders in this movie. And I couldn't agree with you more. It was very, I didn't remember it being as slow paced as it was. The first hour was like very few murders. And then he makes up for it at the end. He kind of does. Yeah, yeah, kind of. Yeah. I mean, at the time it was, it was, I think the goriest and most nudity in a Friday 13th movie. Uh, it's 1984, so it yeah. doesn't surprise me. Right, uh, that's the level they had at that point. Yeah, but it was the best at the time. Like it was. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. All right. It's so, very much a lot of people's favorite movie, and I understand why. Where would you rank of all the? It's sequences? in my like top five ish. Okay. If so I, to, if I had yeah. to rank them, definitely up there. Maybe top four. It's hard to say. I mean, there's like nostalgia favorites. There's like uh, six is obviously my favorite. Well, that's yeah, why we're yeah. here talking yeah. about it. Then I have to give it to one just because it started the whole thing. It's got a great sure. killer. Uh, it's very of its time. It's got Kevin Bacon. I mean, you can't go wrong. Yeah. It's, hard to, it's hard to hate on that. It's just very of its time. Then two is a very strong one after that. Two is very good. In terms of Friday the 13th one, it may be classically, quote unquote, the best. Because it's pretty much nails the formula for Friday the 13th movies are in that right. movie. Great Final Girl too. And then I would say probably four and then it's a hodgepodge it's hard to say reboots up there i, I personally love nine and ten jason goes to hell jtx more than some of the others like people put seven and eight up there i don't like seven and eight uh, i think they're okay but they're like we're running out of steam we've run out of ideas we're running out of steam let's throw them in new york but not really it's vancouver uh let's have them fight carrie but not really that's and true but what about just... five five is the bait and switch <sighs> Oh, it's right? my least favorite. Yeah. Yeah. Why? It's what were they Jason, thinking? Jason, but not Jason. I, hmm. I wonder what they were thinking when they got to five. Like, were they trying to change up the franchise? Well, I don't. I know they were trying to end it with four. The plan was to end it with four, but of course, it made so much money. Right. So we can't end it with four. Uh, so they do five because, and Jason's a big deal. And I guess they didn't want to pull a Halloween and not do a Friday Thirteenth without Jason in it because they learned the lesson from Halloween three. 
yeah. and saw what that did. So like, we'll have to have Jason Voorhees in it, kind of. Uh, and then we kind of teed up that time. It could be crazy at the end of four. So let's do that. But I guess they didn't want to pull the trigger and actually make him the killer, which would have made sense. Yeah. But they kind of just like hedged their bets too much. Like, well, we'll make him think he is, but not. It's a question. It's not. It's a terrible mystery because right. <laughs> it makes no sense when it's revealed. Like you have to. Who is that? Yeah, you why? No one knows who that is. No one remembers <laughs> him from the first two minutes of the movie. And what was his motivation? Why did he want to impersonate Jason Voorhees? It doesn't, you're right, it doesn't make yeah, sense yeah. at all. But something Jason Voorhees, no. I mean, the fact that the kid that he picked up as an ambulance were was his son is only addressed right at the ending there. Oh, that was his son, by the way. I go, well, what, <laughs> why, why did he go to Jason then? Like, oh, it's uh, messy. All right, now we are talking not about five. We're talking about four. Let's focus back on four. Let's, Let's talk get back about to four. Good. There have been Four's got Crispin Glover. That's what I was yeah. going to say. Corey Feldman. Yeah. It's got good cast members. The guy who played Rob, I liked a lot too. Weird ending for him, but uh, but good. Which good one actor. was Rob? Rob was the guy who was hunting Jason because he killed his sister. Right. By the way, he killed his sister two days ago in the continuity of these movies. Yeah. Parts two, three, and four take place over the span of five days. And really? he already, yeah, and he already knows all this information. It's as if he's been hunting Jason for years. But in the continuity of the movies, two, three, and four take place within five days of each other. <laughs> like how he's already like, I'm hunting Jason Voorhees down. Like that was fast. Yeah, no yeah he's a quick study. And um... Jason also killed 34 people in those five days. <laughs> Jason is, because uh, you mentioned this last time you were on the show, it's like, so J after four, he is dead. And then yeah. after that, he's officially a demon at this point in six yeah. when he comes back. So my question is, how do we explain one, like how he comes alive at there the end of the beginning, but he hasn't aged a day since he was done? There's no one. real explanation if you treat that as real. The idea, though, I think you can treat it as a dream sequence because she literally wakes up in the hospital and that's the thing they do for like the next three movies, basically, is it ends on a fake out dream sequence. They had filmed one for part four where Trish was going to find their mother, whose fate is never officially revealed in part four, in the bathtub bleeding out. Like she died right. and she's yeah. like in the bathtub. And then she was going to, and then Jason would have been behind her and then she would have woken up in the hospital, which is where we see her at the end of the uh, filmed movie, theatrical movie. Right. Um, but they didn't, they cut that out and didn't use it for whatever reason. So they did a trick ending, a dream sequence ending for four, four as well. But they had one in three, they had one at two, and they had one at one. You just have to chalk that one up to a dream sequence. Okay. And then when studio execs went like, we want to do part two, let's have Jason. People involved in the first movie go, what, what are you talking about? Jason's dead. Like, well, the, 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 the boy that, no, no, that was just a, a dream thing. No, no, Jason's back. He's the killer. Let's do it. Like, oh, okay. But Smart. like no one involved in one worked on two. And it doesn't. And the only thing like that works is that he didn't drown, went into the woods, and for some reason never went to try to find his mother, who still lived in the area, and just lived right. in the woods for years. That's what the continuity of the reboot is. And he just lived in the shack in the woods. And you see a shack in part two as well. Uh, that's where he kept his mother's head. And he just happened to see her get butchered at the end of part one. And he kept the head. But for some reason, he just never approached her. <laughs> that is yeah. interesting, given yeah. that uh, he had such a, you know, an obsession seemingly with her. Huh. Yeah. yeah. We got to hand it to the uh, to Corey Feldman's character for being uh, so quick at shaving his own head. Where yeah. For a little kid who had a <laughs> yeah. mountain of hair. Like, 
he was able bit. to scissors. Yeah, and, and then, then it, it balled. Yeah, and then he he was just using like an, an old bic yes. uh, razor from the eighties, which we know those were terrible. But somehow or another, he was able to get it. Most just of it. It, it looked pretty good. No cuts. But no nothing. They, he was. They also established that he likes to make monster masks. Yes. Why did they just say he had a bald cap? Yeah, that would have made sense. <laughs> They established he made his own mask. That's true. He could have just had a bald cap and like, yeah, okay, that makes sense. It could have been like off color or something. They should have made him a barber. Maybe he should have been like a bar. He was a a (laughs) kid barber. That that's what he did in his pastime. Crossover. He's Sweeney Todd. He's he's Sweeney. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Hey, is it time to shift gears with a shot and then talk about number six? Yeah, and then but before we do, Jay, we should uh, give our scores on part four. Like once we come back from the break, let's do that. I need another drink to get my score accurate. (laughs) <laughs> all right for shot number two it's Tula more do once again over here jay brian what do you got uh more cold brew jameson outstanding jason classic jameson it's right there there you go cheers folks cheers. all right uh let's go around the horn and just give our final scores for friday the 13th part four the so-called final chapter of course it wasn't <laughs> but uh let's start with you more brian <laughs> what is your score out of five i would give this out of five I give it a solid 3.75. 3.75. Wow. wow. Okay. Wow. That's our first three quarter score on the entire <laughs> ever in the history of the show. That's fantastic. It's, it's never been done. Uh, Jason Riley, over to you. I'm going to give it a nice round number. I'm going to give it a three. Barry? Yeah. That's where I'm sitting too, Jay. Uh, three. I was leaning possibly towards like 2.5, but that's too low. It's only because it yeah. was, it didn't quite hold up for me the way it did when I was younger. I just felt it was slower. And Jay, when once you mentioned the fact that there's hardly ain't no murders in this movie, <laughs> it kind of took me out. I was like, no, he's right. We're basically just hanging out with these horny teenagers and nothing's really going down. Yeah. Until right. later. Um, Until later. So yeah, I'm going to go ahead and give it a three. Okay. Well, one and they don't it... even camp except for Rob. That's true. You're right. That's true too. Yeah. <laughs> Jesus. They don't camp in most of them, which is one of the things I love about Part 6. That's a perfect transition. Let's go one a movie that is definitely not a three or a three point seven five. This yeah. is part six, which oh. some might call the perfect ten. So yeah. let's talk. It was damn Brian, good. Educate us on part six and your feelings towards Friday the Thirteenth Part Six. It not only is my favorite Friday the Thirteenth movie, it is by far. It's not even a contest. It is legitimately one of my favorite movies. Like top three, easy. And right it's up there with Citizen contest. Kane, right? Citizen Kane, <laughs> Part Six, and then <laughs> what else? Die Hard. Die Hard. Yeah. I mean, it's a perfect horror movie. It's got. I mean, it's a uh, horror. It's a little bit meta, uh, and it, which is events that it came out in 1986, which is not common. And the the director wanted to do it that way. Writer director um, Tom McLaughlin wanted to do it, and his only director from the studio was you can't make Jason the butt of the jokes. He's like easy, no problem. Yeah. The comedy was at the expense of other characters or tropes in horror movies, but never Jason. And for me, this is the first time that Jason was really scary. Like when he gets zombified, resurrected in a very overt Frankenstein homage, uh, him grabbing Tommy out of the grave and putting him in is still legitimately terrifying every time you see it. No mask. He's just this weird creature. You go, oh, worms in his face. Yeah, maggots, literally maggots crawling on his face. Oh, this is terrifying. My God. Yeah. And then look what he does to Horace. Like he punches through yeah. Horace. Or Horshack. I mean, you know, it's terrible. And they went, they must have named him Horace because of the Horshack reference, right? It's the actor I would that played so. Horshack on, uh, on Welcome Back Cotter for those of who haven't watched it yet. Nice to see him get some work. 
And I will say this. I love, I feel like at this point, because the horror movie genre had taken off, Nightmare on Elm Street was there. They kind of, I, that's what I said to Barry. I go, they kind of got the joke. And so they would put in things mm-hmm. like the, the guys who were doing the, the paint the paintball and that yeah. was pure yeah. comedy, but it was fantastic. And they could talk about mm-hmm. things. And they could do these meta references. And you made a point. I, I remembered it when I saw it, the kids under the bed. Oh, the best. The, yeah. What's the line? What were you going to be? Uh, so like we're in early they said, I think we're dead meat. And then it cuts back to them after you hear their counselor screaming, help, help, but daddy, where are you? And then one looks there and says real dead meat. And the other one says, so what were you going to be when we grew up? Yeah, that's great. Uh, by the way, Pretty those bleak. two guys are real life brothers. Hey, you, know, you always get something. Eh? These Easter eggs I, are. You uh, know always... them all. You've got them yeah. from your book. So you've you've got the book. You've got the you've got the entire DVD the DVDs signed yeah. by. Uh, yeah, not by anyone from Six yet. I'm dying to meet someone from Six. Met a bunch of other actors and like Tom Savini who did makeup on One and Four. Met Corey Feldman. Met the Jason from Part Four. I uh, haven't met anyone but like if I met Tom Fridley who plays court, my God. Yeah. Uh, I don't know if I can yeah. handle that. <laughs> I, I, here we I go. wonder whether he's aged well. Have you searched him up on uh, social media? Older, there was a picture of him and Nikki from, I guess, a few years ago at like a convention or, or like a photo shoot or something like that. It was pretty good. I mean, considering it's been 45 years or whatever yeah. it is, 40 yeah. years since uh, on the movie. But yeah, done well for himself. Okay. So um, there's a, a thousand things I love about this movie. Yeah. Let's um, go. I like. I like Tommy. I like that he's driven. I love that Tommy is the reason why literally hundreds of people are going to die after this movie. Because uh, Jason yeah. would not have come back if yeah, he Tommy could... had not stuck him out. Why did he so leave well enough responsible. alone? This is Bingo. the thing. Well, I mean, he has mental health issues. Jason really did a number on him. Yeah. I like that they confirmed that Jason's mother didn't, or uh, Tommy's mother did in fact die in part four. The sheriff does mention that. It's a nice little confirmation. I love the final girl. I love that she's smart. She's funny. She challenges her dad, but she clearly likes her dad and loves her dad and is loved by her dad. Um, I have a real, like, intrinsic aversion to when authority figures don't believe people in movies, which I like like about horror movies. It, it makes me anxious. But, like, I love the sheriff. is classic. You're crazy. Just yeah. Jason Voorhees and alive. But then fully obviously believes it when he sees his deputies get killed. And not only believes it, but, like, goes after Jason and protects the children and shields yeah. children and like protects his daughter like he becomes a good right. guy which is rare in those movies and usually then gets, the authority figure is yeah. the villain type of thing and then he gets folded in half backwards and gets folded in half oh. Ooh. <laughs> i love that there are actual kids at this camp this is the only friday the 13th movie with actual children camping like they're at a camp yeah. actual children it never happened in either movie uh the kids are great they get some great sources of tension you get the little girl nancy uh, who sees Jason multiple times, that poor girl. The two boys are cracking wise. It's great. I think all the, the good guys, quote unquote, are good people. No one's really, even Court, who's like the quote unquote bad boy, he's a lovable bad boy. Uh, no one's like irredeemable. No one you're really rooting for to die. Uh, I love about that. It's one of the rare things in the Friday 13 movie these days. That's great. And, you know, this comes down to, you mentioned court. And so it's about time we got to this. This is clearly Ooh. the most important part of the show. And, <laughs> and, and we're part of know, the reason for the entire episode, Jay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Is it, are we coming down on team court or are we coming down on team Tommy? And I, and I know where you land, That's Brian. A fierce, I understand the debate. Uh, uh, I understand the debate. I mean, <laughs> I watch this very, very young. Like I have older brothers who are like seven and five years older. So I watched whatever they watch as long as I was remotely interested in it. So I watched Friday 13th movies. I watched horror movies with them. 
when I watched this, I didn't understand what I was feeling. Like it was pre-puberty. Like what? I did. I had this like feelings for Court, the actor. Like I didn't understand what was going on. Um, and then later was, oh no, he's very attractive. Okay, that's what I was feeling when I saw these. I was like an eleven-year-old or something, yeah. ten or eleven years old. And like, oh, I get it now. And like, it's that like that first scene where he's at the sheriff's office and he's like sitting on the desk and they're showing kid, get off that. And he just he steps up and just has that little smirk, that shit-eating grin on his face and go, fuck, damn it. He could ask me to commit a crime and I would do it in a heartbeat. <laughs> <laughs> I was saying to Barry, I think that with Tommy, I think Ryan Gosling has modeled the voice of Tommy because they have kind of a similar <laughs> speech pattern. Dude, did you yeah. notice that? Yeah, I can There's see something that. There. Can that. What's Tommy done since? Has he done, have we seen him? Not a ton. He actually reprised the role of Tommy for like a fan-made thing uh, nice. that had a bunch of actors come back and reprise their characters. Really? Uh, for like, it's like a, I can't remember what it's called. It's uh, Friday 13th, like with a whole bunch of the former actors playing their characters again in like a sequel takes place decades later. I want to say he's like a counselor or something helping people like victims, like a reunion type of thing. Right. Like not that never since again, because that's Nightmare on Street, but something like that. But it sounds pretty good. But I don't know if he's done a ton, ton, ton. Uh, probably did more back in the day. But yeah, he's great. Oh, Tommy. Yeah, I, oof, I get it too. All right, bro, break the You're tie. Not for break the tie. Is it is it Team Tommy or Team Court? <laughs> I'm not sure. I really have a dog in this hunt. Uh, <laughs> okay. But for the sake of argument and uh, for continuity and uh, just to yes and the two of you, I think I'm more on the side of uh, of Team Tommy than I am on uh, Team Court. Wow, I get That's, it. I get it. Yeah, yeah there you go. More from me. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> okay, so let's start talking about ratings. We need to give a rating to mm -hmm. Part Six. And, oh, uh, Brian, why don't you? Start is there a us scale big again? enough, Jay? Is it, it's out of five. It's out of five, so yeah. 13. Yeah, perfect. That's what I thought. Uh, mm -hmm. Barry? Yeah, I'm going to... It's a perfect score for me, Jay. Five out of five. I mean, I, I loved it. It was fantastic. I'm, yeah, I'm giving it a five out of five, too. I really enjoyed it, and especially coming immediately off of four. It was just like yeah. a rocket ship. This thing took off, and it was like, this movie gets itself. I wish they would have stayed. I mean, you can't just hold yeah. on to that kind of quality all the way through, but yeah. it no. would have been nice. But the pacing, you're right. It just seemed like it had more urgency. There was more, uh, like, just everything yeah. about it. The flow was better. There wasn't any parts like, where you're like, oh, shit, let's get to the next murder already. Normally, the characters aren't aware Jason is around and killing people. This one, immediately, scene one, a character knows Jason is back. He's going to kill people. Right. So you got that urgency from that because yeah. he's aware and he's driving the plot and scaring people. And they don't believe him. And then it's, you know, the killings happen solely around that. But eventually it picks up. But immediately someone goes, Jason Voorhees back. We've got to stop him. Which is very different from virtually every other one. Yeah, I didn't think about that. That's incredible. Yeah. So, you know what? Our listeners are now all excited. And they're ready to tune into some Friday the 13th. So they're going to watch 4 and 6. Brian, tell us something oh, we don't know. Our listeners don't know. And they need to oh. check out by watching something in that franchise. Oh, um, I mean, in just in six, I mean, six, again, very, very rare meta horror movie from 1986. You may not have caught some of them. You may have caught all of them. There is references to Cunningham Road. Sean Cunningham was the guy who created Friday the 13th. So there is a authorities coming over from Carpenter. Obviously, you reference to John Carpenter, director and creator of Halloween. The gas station that Tommy is at and Megan goes to pick him at is Karloff's. Referencing Boris Karloff, a.k.a. Mm. Frankenstein, which is how okay. Jason is basically resurrected. He's basically Frankenstein. 
Right. Um, the, the end credit sequence sung by Alice Cooper, an original song, I believe. Yeah. Uh, by yeah. Alice Cooper. It's called The Man Behind the Mask. Yes. Great, uh, which is great tune. This is a fun little bit you probably don't know. This may be, I believe, is confirmed as the first Friday the 13th movie, maybe the first slasher horror movie with an on screen depiction of the use of a condom. Court and Nikki have yeah, sex. Yeah, that's see right. Anything. But after their sex is interrupted by Jason pulling power on their RV, you can very subtly hear Court taking a condom off under the blanket. It's there. It's very explicitly in the audio. But Court does take off a condom uh, under the blanket. Well, that's good never, for him. No, condoms condoms yeah. have never been in a Friday 13th movie before that. Okay, well, then he's well, smarter than I give him credit for. I mean, yeah. if, if anything, that's raising my score. I might not. I'm now on Team Court. <laughs> nice. Just based on that, he, he's thinking <laughs> with this. Where to go, or he's court. pointing at his head. Just yeah, for, yeah. But he's for our listeners. He's, yeah, he's thinking. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Hey, you know what? This has been a fantastic Friday the Thirteenth episode that has gone too fast. I think so. <laughs> parting thought from our resident expert: What's the next two movies we need to watch in this franchise? If we've come, in ooh, in the franchise. I mean, one is great just because it's the the origin story. It's got a great killer. It's very seventies, yeah. early eighties. Definitely put one on any watch long list. And I think for a nice parallel, I think the reboot, you know, it's got a lot of Michael like Bay it. flair to it, uh, was very good. There's very bare bones, the stripped down Jason to what he's good at being. Uh, it's a very good Jason. They kind of condense parts two and three together into a movie with part one as like an as a prologue up top. So you're getting three movies basically squished into one. It's very good, despite its very early oddies, Michael Bayisms. Uh, it's got a great cast, too. I'd, I'd throw those two back-to-back. Love it. All right, Brian, thank you so much for being on the show. And thank you. Always a pleasure. We can't wait to have you back. Yeah. We'll pick another franchise maybe next time. That sounds yeah. good. Ooh. Another horror franchise. And, of course, there's always a Friday the 13th coming up. I think the next one might be in March or April of 2024, but it's coming. It's coming. Circle oh, your totally. calendars. Circle <laughs> calendars. Barry yeah. T., always great to see you. You too, Listeners, Jay. We will see you or you'll hear us or something like that next week. And we look forward to it each and every time, even though I can never say it correctly. Have a great night. Thank you for listening to Two Shot Tuesday. The show is produced by Barry and I and edited by me. If you have yet to rate and review the show on Apple Podcasts, please take a second to do so now. It helps us grow and it helps new audiences to find the show. You can find us on Facebook and Instagram at Two Shot Tuesday and on Twitter at Two Shot Tuesday Podcast. Stop by, give us a follow, leave us a comment, and share your favorite episodes. If you have a question you'd like featured on the show, you can send us a text at 647-486-4848. Thanks for listening. We'll see you next week.